0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 13, the real one this time. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, we recap the MHSAA Boys Golf State Finals across Michigan, some great results for local individuals and teams, recap the Palmetto Championships from Congaree Golf Club in South Carolina, preview the LPGA Classic at Blyfield Country Club in Grand Rapids, and, of course, the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Plus, a special bonus this week. Have you ever gotten into a fight on the golf course? Because a couple of professionals did that very thing this week, and we'll tell you all about it. Let's go. Sorry, I didn't realize my video was off. I look like a Home Alone character. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You do look like uh Marv, is that his name?
0: Yeah, no, I do. What's no We're
1: just like him? No, Marv is the is the bald guy. What's
0: the <clears throat> what's the other guy?
1: Or is Marv is Marv not the
0: Oh yeah, you're right. I think his name's Harry. Hi- yes, yeah, Harry.
1: <laughs> got a podcast with Harry and Hunter today.
0: Which is the perfect <laughs> word to just dis- yeah, to describe me. I got a lot of lettuce up top right now, okay? I haven't seen a barber or a professional stylist since pre COVID.
1: Who so, has Sarah been cutting your hair?
0: No, she refuses. <laughs> have
1: you been cutting your hair?
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Nobody should subject themselves to that. And
0: you know what? I know I have an inflated opinion of myself when it comes to a lot of things, but <laughs> let me just say, while we have the time, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You,
0: for the most part, right. people have not noticed, or if they have, they're kind enough not to say. I have gotten a few, like when I go play golf, it's a little looser, and I'm with my buddies. I've gotten a couple things like, hey, uh, what's going on with the hairline there in the back of your head? (laughs) It doesn't look right. A few of those, but otherwise, I've, I've come through pretty well unscathed, Hunter.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I just asked if your wife did it, so that would be, I mean, it's a testament that I thought somebody else, that you didn't do it. It looks pretty good.
0: If my wife did it, I think she would just like cut it so badly that I would have no option but to go straight to the salon or to the barber to get a professional haircut because she finds the whole thing really (laughs) off-putting. Understood. Let's talk about golf, shall we? Yeah. (laughs) Episode 13. Would the real episode 13 please stand up? Yeah. I think this is it. I deserve at least as much of the blame. in fact, I think you might really the blame it. that uh, that's below- that falls on me is is trusting you too much because you were so confident that that was episode 13 that I just went ahead and I was like, whatever I mean if he's this strong of a believer and then I'll just is that how you're gonna be about Justin Thomas this week? I'm gonna have to get on board just because you're gonna convince me.
1: uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, you got you gotta you gotta sell your picks. we'll see how you see how good they are at the end but yeah you got to sell them so that's what i will uh i will sometimes
0: they're sometimes they're tough to sell my picks at congaree i don't think i got i don't think i don't even know if anybody i picked made the weekend
1: yeah we can just uh we we can do a a a short little congaree review right now the only pick that i would have hit if anybody was listening last week is a pick that peter didn't even place for me so he says, You want me to put five down um Brooks kept gonna miss the cut? And I was like, Hell yes, yeah, that seems like the, the easiest twenty dollars I've ever made.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, Plus four hundred.
1: I text him Friday night after uh Brooks has surprisingly missed the cut the week before a major at a, a a no no show event and he and, and he just gives me that emoji, the like the the smiley big big cheese face, and I'm like,
0: yeah, the teeth clenched. It's my favorite emoji. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, write a letter to FanDuel Michigan Hunter because when I was recording the podcast here in Chicago, it was available. And what did I say? I had to wait to see if Rafa Cabrera would withdraw. I was so dialed in on Rafa Cabrera, so I was waiting to see if he had to withdraw. I waited too long, I had to leave town, and by the time I got to Michigan, FanDuel didn't offer the make-miss cuts. (laughs) Now, you would think, oh, but maybe you got lucky, and you didn't place a bet on RCB, because didn't he shoot like 100 over and miss the cut? And to that, I say, I was not that fortunate. I was (laughs) able to find that number. I got that in. Just in time to burn a little more money on Friday, but I didn't get hunters, so I owe Hunter fifteen bucks.
1: You were very di- <laughs> you were you were way too dialed in apparently.
0: Just loved him. Just loved him. <laughs> I was like, this is a sure thing. Okay, this is golf. All right, so it's been another busy and great week for Michigan golf. Oh, I know. Uh, PJ, congratulations, PJ Maybank. Why don't you tell us, Hunter, give us the full uh, kind of breakdown there on the what happened at the state finals last week?
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go over all all four divisions because I have some things to mention and some local players from from all four divisions, but um, a player that we have mentioned on and off now for for weeks uh, who I expect to have a pretty bright future PJ Maybank from Sheboygan just won the Division three boys state championship for golf uh he shot 66 69 uh minus 10 for a score of 135 he won by 10 shots down at the uh the meadows down in uh at grand valley university um i i don't know how how the course was playing but i've played that course when the wind is blowing and a 66 and 69 at that golf course um is extremely impressive and obviously he he, one by 10 shots so um can't can't say can't say enough good things about where his game is and where he's trending i know he's playing in the i'll talk about it in a few minutes but he has the the michigan junior uh or the michigan amateur coming up here and i want to say it's two weeks so I, i expect him to play well there obviously he's uh forms forms not bad if you're shooting minus 10 over two days at the meadows
0: yeah, that course is pretty hard, from what I've heard. I've n- I've never not had the pleasure of playing there, but oh really? How many strokes did you say that he? What was the margin of victory? Ten. He won by ten. One by ten. And he set a scoring record.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, D three scoring record was one thirty six prior so. to prior to this past weekend, and he's only a sophomore, which is like the crazy is the craziest thing. He's still got. Obviously, two more years of high school golf um, and two more summers of, of really good junior golf to, I mean, I, I expect him to to play somewhere down south in a few years and, and play well there.
0: Well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, Hunter. Well, First yeah. First of all, there are good Division One golf programs in this state. Golf programs supported by many of our listeners. That is- okay, so PJ, we want what's best for you, but... Don't forget about that. And I will just say that regardless of what happens in the future, he should be incredibly proud of what he's done. And these are historic accomplishments. Shoot those scores, set that kind of a scoring record, win by that kind of a margin. Obviously he's going to have some tougher fields moving Mm -hmm. forward here this summer. And you mentioned the Michigan AM, but uh, regardless of how the rest of your summer goes, pj just be really proud of that it's an amazing accomplishment and you should really uh enjoy it and uh and, and be proud so that's awesome we're all proud of you it's great off awesome
1: and then uh speaking of margins of victory in division three grand rapids uh catholic central shot rounds of 306 and 317 took home first place won by 17 shots which is Pretty damn good, and
0: uh, even when you're taking four scores, that's a pretty significant margin of victory, <clears> particularly <throat> in a state final.
1: Oh, definitely. So let's just uh, we'll we'll just start. So that's Division three. Going back to we'll just start with Division one. We had uh, a TC West player, Murphy Kehoe, finished uh, tied second uh, down. Where what? This was at uh, Michigan State, uh, the Michigan State course, Forest Acres West. He shot rounds of 70 73 to finish T second. Uh, Davis Codd uh, was the medalist. He's from Brighton. Interesting story. So he was actually, uh, he finished sixth his sophomore year of high school two years ago. And then after his sophomore year of high school, he signed a contract with the Saginaw Spirit of the OHL. So, uh, which ends up, uh, he has to, at that point, had to forego the rest of his uh, high school career for golf. However, the OHL season was canceled this year, so he was able to appeal that with the MHSAA, and he was able to be reinstated. So he went from being in the OHL to back to playing high school golf uh, this year. He was actually just over in New York for a development camp uh, last week. He shot rounds of 73-67, and now he's back. And now he's going back over to New York this week. So Davis Cod, uh, round of seventy three, sixty seven to to finish ballast honors of Division One for Brighton. I thought that was a pretty cool story. I mean, the, to be a obviously be a very good dual sport athlete is pretty. I was going to say what an, inc-
0: <clears throat> what an incredible athlete. He's, and he's Saginaw Spirit are no joke. Obviously, he has a potential future at the in the professional ranks. OHL is already professional in hockey. So um five eight wonder like how much golf i don't know maybe he was playing a lot of golf i don't know but obviously he's doing other things he's working on his working on his you know his skating and you know his he's practicing (laughs) hockey obviously so you know I, i just that's remarkable he just must be incredibly gifted
1: yeah. I mean, I was, I was actually enamored by this kid. So I've, i I had to, I had to do some digging and, and he, uh, he's, he's five foot eight, 160 pounds, Peter, and he's playing in the OHL. So he must be so, so damn fast. On yeah. Scans. He's like
0: a little, uh, Dylan Larkin. <laughs>
1: um, but he actually, so he, he lives with the Saginaw spirit owner. The owner lives on a golf course and has a simulator in his basement. So I think he's going to he gets a little bit of practice time when he's off the rink or off the ice rather.
0: Yeah, do you know who that owner is?
1: Uh I saw the name. I I, I could we could put it in the, in the um corrections if we needed to, but I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh gotcha. and then for uh worth mentioning the t- uh Ann Arbor Skyline took home the team um the team honors. They've been ranked number 1 all seasons. They shot rounds of 292 and 302. Pretty good scores for Forest Acres West, and all five players were in the 70s both days. And I, I think for, for high school to have that much consistency across your your top five, and it sounds like two of those five guys were freshmen, um, is pretty impressive, I think.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, moving on to D2, uh, we had uh, we had a kid from Gaylord, uh, Cole Putman, shot... Uh, rounds of 74 and 75 and he was at 74 and 75 and Division 2 got you a T17 I have never played Bedford Valley but have you played Bed- Bedford Valley Peter because I'm thinking that's got to be I mean it seems like he was yielding some some pretty low scores for 74-75 to not even be 15 uh, top 15 is pretty crazy
0: it, sound, it sounds kind of familiar but I can't I can't place it yeah, I, I don't think
1: I've I've, I've never played it. I, I know that, but the winning score, the winning team score was two ninety two ninety, which is sensational. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious! Uh, the the medalist for Division Two, Brockton Brockton English, uh, he is going to play at Drexel next year. He fired. Uh, what would end up being the the low round of the of the four divisions or low two rounds of the four divisions he shot a sixty seven sixty seven to to beat the field by five so I, I uh good luck to to Brockton next year as he continues his college career and then uh finally uh in division four uh, a a player we have mentioned uh, a few times in the last few weeks uh Jake Boudon. Boudon? Is that what we decided on, Peter? <laughs> B- Bodin, Boudin.
0: I, I got like Boudin. Boudin. I don't know. Boudoir? No. Boudoir. Whatever you want it to be, Hunter.
1: Well, I'd like it to be correct.
0: <laughs> I'd like it to be correct.
1: Uh, he fired around to seventy-seven, seventy-six. finished T4th. Uh, so uh, capped off a, a, a good career for Jake. I believe he is a senior. Uh, Kalamazoo Hackett won uh, their second straight title rounds of 321, 319. Uh, and sophomore uh, Remy Stollop, uh took home medalist honors with uh, the only player under par with rounds of 70 and 72.
0: You know, what, I think I have played Bedford Valley.
1: <laughs> well, that would have been helpful three minutes ago.
0: Yeah. I just thought I should go ahead and follow up there since I've gone over their Facebook page and their website and the time that you've been speaking the past few minutes. And all that that tells me is that I'm actually a little bit worse at golf than I thought I was, even though I know I'm already bad because I had no idea the course was that easy when I played there.
1: (laughs) Whenever I see these scores, I like to just tell myself I just thought
0: I played better. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, they must've they must've been playing up a tee. I'm sure the conditions were soft
0: yeah what a bunch of bs yeah. these scores aren't real
1: yeah <laughs> uh so uh a, a final congratulations to to all the the high school players for this uh this past weekend's performance um obviously uh, a special congratulations to to pj and jake who are a little bit closer to uh closer to home but good job to all the work. competitors
0: and we're already in the midst of today is day two of the Michigan open. Right?
1: I know. <laughs> and that's, I guess you just kind of forget how, how packed. I mean, June is a, is a busy month in Michigan for between the the amateur and the Michigan open and, and high, boys high school golf. So as Peter said, yes, the Michigan open, uh, did start yesterday at grand Traverse resort. That's a 72 hole event after uh, after thirty six they'll cut it down to top seventies and ties in uh in first place right now uh after day one, he fi- uh Bradley Smithson fired a sixty six at the bear, which is a hell of a score. uh He's an amateur. He is a sophomore at uh Michigan State University. Um, so obviously uh peter you have you have played uh the bear um i have not but at what hole were you done with when you shot 66
0: <laughs> well i was on the back nine oh, that's
1: i'm encouraged by that
0: <laughs> and i think it definitely was before 17 because i can remember i believe that's a long par 3 downhill Before 18, if you've ever seen 18, you'll never forget it because it's a weird hole with a tree kind of in the middle of the fairway and hit a second shot over a pond and it's super wide fairway uh, as you're coming back to the clubhouse. But I'm not sure how many balls I had to hit off the tee there, Hunter, to get one where I could find it, but it was more than one. Might have been more than two. And so... Seeing as I usually come in in the low 80s, I'd say I was probably in the mid 60s and I'm about 15 or 16. The course is hard. The course is hard. Yeah, I mean, I, these I scores was... are. This is another one of those courses like we've talked about in the past where, like, if you're playing great, it's not like it's trouble is going to be on the ball striking side more so than around the green. I would say. So, like, if you're hitting it really good, you probably won't notice that the course is really hard. But if you're a little bit off on your game and you can't find your targets, particularly your shots into the greens, then you're just going to like, you had to hit a lot of fairways and greens in order to be successful out there. I mean, maybe you can say that about most courses, but you know, some courses you can kind of scramble around, not here. There's too much trouble around the greens, too much trouble around the fairways. You just have to be dialed in to score basically on the bear.
1: Yeah, and then um just looking at the the leaderboard from, from yesterday, I believe it's a hundred and fifty six ish person field and only thirteen guys under par um after day one. So so yes, the <clears throat> the bear the bear can be a bear at times and uh that
0: six under round is really impressive. It'll be interesting to see how he backs that up because it's not that's a really good round on that golf course. I mean I'm sure guys have shot and I don't know what the course record is there, but um that's real. that's that's good 600 is good
1: yeah because you go from eight, eight, 66 is leading and then you have James Holly there at 67 uh a couple guys at 69 and then it it drops from there then you have four guys at 70 and the rest is 71. so besides that 67 66 um nothing nothing more than than 300 which is kind of where I I was expecting I would kind of would have thought that low number would have been like the 68, 69 range. So, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll see where we'll keep everyone up to date and uh, and uh, give results next uh, next episode. And just uh, we mentioned his name before, Alex Scott, uh, who moneyed into a couple Corn Ferry events. He in from Traverse City, he is in T9 right now at minus one so uh, yeah he's in
0: the he's in the mix yeah he got to keep you can't lose it on the first day like they say yeah. hey what's the where do you go if anybody who's listening wants to follow the they have live scoring or what's mm-hmm. the can you tell us a little bit about how they're scoring the event online on how to follow along
1: yeah i would just uh just type in uh michigan open 2021 on uh google and then it's the bluegolf.com the top Top search results, Turtle Creek Casino, Michigan Open. And that did they
0: uh, they update at the end of the day, Hunter, or did they update throughout the day?
1: It looked pretty live to me. I mean I was getting uh, I was getting live results uh yesterday morning. So I'm not sure if it's uh every three hole a three hole stretch or if it is a um, a hole by hole thing, but it was it was definitely more than than just at the
0: end of the day. That's pretty sweet though. If you can't make it down to the resort. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's the middle of the week. You can still follow online and see some of the, uh, some of what's going on there. So fun to have that event so close to uh, home for us.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, just a couple more things. Like we said earlier, it is a busy, busy couple weeks for, for Michigan golf. Uh, the LPGA has a tour stop uh, in Grand Rapids this week at uh, Blythefield country club. Any chance you've played there, Peter? I know it's.
0: I'm so glad that you brought that up, Hunter, because it's Meyer that does that event, and it's really Mm -hmm. a cool event, and they do a a really nice job. It's great for families. They have a huge sort of family fun activity center going on over there, so it's so much more than the golf tournament. I've not played Blyfield. Um, it looks cool on TV. Mm-hmm. And I would love nothing more than to find a way to squeeze down there and watch a little bit of that, but no, I've not played there, have you?
1: I have not, no. No, I've um I wanna say I've walked it though. I think I wanna say Mitchell's played in I wanna say my brother's played in a tournament down there. For some reason I, I feel like I have I have walked it. Um but it does look it does look sweet. Um I know I know uh Brooke Henderson is a two time Two-time champion and defending champion, she did withdraw from last week's event. So I, I'm looking for. I tried to find um, a field for this event to see if there's any Michigan uh, amateurs that were getting exemptions or anything that were worth mentioning. So if if there is, I'll make sure to, to tweet that out um, once I find the the field list. Um, but but no, this is this is one of typically two events that are in in Michigan for the LPGA peter is that correct i thought they added i thought they added a second one or is it just this one
0: you know what i'm really not sure i know that this one is going on maybe like i want to say this has been here for a handful of years seven okay yeah so um but I don't know about a second. They, I thought that they were playing over at Midland Country Club too, weren't they?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, you, you are correct. Um, and I just can't think of the
0: dang name of it.
1: The, uh, yes, the Midland Country Club is hosting the, uh, the that the the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational two person team event July fifteenth through eighteenth. So it's going to be very what I imagine the the Zurich Classic is like. Which will, be, which will be nice to see. Cool. Something different. Midland Country Club is a sweet track. I don't know if you ever played there. But they just, they just had a renovation within the last decade that really, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. made that place sweet.
0: Well, remember it flooded too, didn't it? hmm Yeah, so there's been some up and downs there. I, you know, I was just cruising around the uh, LPGA site. It looks like we might get... I struggle to even give this out because it seems inconsistent and maybe even wrong, but it looks like they may be putting the... Uh, the girls on CBS on Sunday, from two to four.
1: I saw that, which
0: would, that. <laughs> which which would I, be sweet. So if you don't have Golf Channel like me, or you just sh- janky stream, pop on your network two to four on Sunday because you'll be able to see Blyfield on uh, on TV. Is Lexi playing this week?
1: I, I do not know. I, I couldn't find that that field list, but I just given the fact that Art? she has. That she has one here. I think she probably is is planning on playing.
0: You mentioned Brooke. She won in nineteen and seventeen. Like I could easily be talked into betting Lexi. There's not really like trouble around this golf course. I know she can be a little wild with the ball striking at times, but this she seems to be in good form. It seems like it might be a good bounce-back opportunity and a course that she obviously likes and has familiarity. I don't even know what the numbers are like, but there's a story there for Lexi to win this week for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I, could, I could totally see it, and I will uh, I will try to get an idea of, if she is playing, and once again, I can tweet that out as well. Uh, final final note uh, regarding Michigan golf. Uh, the hundred and tenth Michigan Amateur uh, Championship is coming up in just under two weeks, the uh, June twenty second th- through the twenty sixth, and that is down at uh, I believe Cascade Hills. You ever played there, Peter?
0: No, that's in Gr.
1: That uh. <sighs> Casc- uh, Cascade Hills Country Club, and I believe it is in GR. Yes, I, I have not had the-, the luxury of playing there.
0: Sidebar: Is it hard to bet on the LPGA?
1: There's one way to find out.
0: I- <laughs> yeah, well, I'm finding it. I'm finding it right now. I don't really. Pardon th- me. Pardon me. No, it sure isn't.
1: Oh, no, you meant from like sure a- you meant from like a logistic, like just being able okay, to. Okay, actually-
0: here you go. If anybody cares. Here's the board for the Meyer LBGA Classic for Simply Give. Jin Young Ko plus 750, MB Park plus 900, Burke Henderson, two time former champ and defending champ, 11 to 1.
1: She withdrew, Lydia she Ko, 12, 12 last to 1. Week, and, though, and there's so Lexi,
0: 14 to 1, just asking for me to click, click, click. So if you're interested in that and you, you're with me and you're going to want to watch that this weekend, then there's some of your ter- pre-tournament favorites. Those are all available on the DraftKings Sportsbook.
1: Probably just in Illinois, though.
0: <laughs> I will have to look.
1: Your, your books are far superior to our books in Michigan.
0: You think so, really? Uh, maybe yeah. that's a subject for another maybe that's a subject for another day cuz I do think that's kind of interesting. I 100% think it is. And you should like people should odd shop. Um it's just show is just a reminder that like take they're all offering bonuses. So like sign up a few different accounts, take the bonuses or whatever, and then that way if you're if you're going to place a bet, at least you can look around and make sure you're getting the best odds. Before you place, you rather talk, than being chained to one bookmaker.
1: You want to talk about a, a subject for a different day is those bonuses. You don't take, don't take those bonuses. Those bonuses <laughs> are those bonuses are, are fake money, fake money. That's how they get you. And then you think you win, and then you try to take it out, and they don't give it to you. So don't ever take those bonuses. Those bonuses are <laughs> those are are on top of a pile of lies. Those bonuses are. <laughs> I can't stand them.
0: How's your Penn National gambling stock doing by the way? Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's
1: let's move on uh to the Palmetto Championship. <laughs> I should have uh should have taken that out 6 months ago. It was at $104 um, now I think it's at like 50 or like 50 something like that. I don't, I, I've stopped keeping track. Oh, it's down that far? I can't imagine it's actually down that far, but it wouldn't I wouldn't uh put it past it. It's been it hasn't been good, so I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I sold that some
0: up. of mine, and then I stuck on some of the rest. I'm gonna ride it. I still think we're going. I still think we're going up. So it's actually
1: um, it's not it's not as
0: bad. It's it's not good. Do but. we really? Do we really have to talk about the? Quit just just. I, thoughts yeah. reaction to the Palmetto, other than having to watch Cheston Hadley pull <laughs> Alexi Thompson and and Harry doing watch the same. I didn't watch that closely. I was kicking myself because Higo has won twice on, or Higo, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but he's won twice on Euro Tour. He's 52nd in the world ranking. Like, we probably shouldn't have missed that, but at the same time, he shouldn't have won.
1: No, no, he shouldn't have. Chesson <laughs> bogeyed the last three holes. Bogey, bogey, bogey. I mean, that's the, that's the moralizing way to finish. I miss a playoff. I won. Yeah. And I, and actually, um, yeah, it it was, it, it was very, cause I, I did watch, um, I did watch a good majority of of Sunday and there was a part where you thought that DJ was going to win. He had that, uh, he had a look for, um, Eagle on 12, I believe it was the, uh, the par, the only par five on the backside and he just missed it. And that w that got him to one. Right as uh, Hadley was making a bogey. So, I mean, they did, they, those two guys, English and Hadley, refused to do anything right. Anything right. I, 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 it's,
0: a it's, it's so hard to win one of these events.
1: And actually, you know what, Peter, you, you I am taking a little bit of credit, a credit for Higo. Here go because I said it's going to be a European tour that or tour player that wins the uh, event. Remember that I said I said it's going to be. I'm looking on the other side of the pond for the winner.
0: Yeah, you did say that. You said you're favoring the Euros. I didn't. So.
1: <laughs> don't don't get that confused with me taking him because I didn't take him.
0: But yeah, I didn't even I didn't buy him in DraftKings. I did. I did. Not. I mean, he was a little maybe a little bit overpriced, but obviously not. He won the tournament, so <laughs> I yeah, did. I had zero shares, and that was. Zero shares, zero fun. I was I was cheering for Harris
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I've met Harris, and I know people that know him, and I, you know, I understand that he's a nice person, and he's had a really great comeback here, kind of a long-term comeback from some rough times with his game here spanning almost two full seasons now that he's been playing well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so I was pulling for him. And then at the end, I was pulling for Chesson because I think everybody was pulling for Chesson, just like right the ship, kind of like everyone was pulling for Lexi. You never want to watch somebody win slash lose a golf tournament in that fashion. The golf course, sometimes these golf courses, and I wonder how much this affects, like it's interesting conversation as we move to a USGA championship. And this, it becomes. We saw how beautiful Olympic Club was at the U.S. Women's Open, and Tori will have a lot of that same look. And Tori is very visually pretty because it's on the on the cliff of the Pacific Ocean, and it has these cool pine trees all over the property. But like Congaree did not look good on TV, and I think. It's because the golf course is so flat.
1: Oh, hundred percent. And
0: I think when you have these vast flattish golf courses that are not links, like true links, because somehow those courses overseas, I wouldn't say these things about those courses, but Congaree looked kind of ugly. Oh, I mean, that's, I don't mean to be, I just wonder like that, that didn't, it didn't translate really, really well to TV viewing. And obviously they didn't have a lot of premium players up there at the top of the board, which never helps. But like, did you have a strong take on the golf course after that week? Cause obviously much of the discussion heading into the tournament was about the golf course.
1: Yeah. I, I actually, I texted you on, on Thursday morning and I actually, I thought it looked, I thought it looked pretty sweet. I, I, because you you mean you mentioned the polar opposite with where we're going this week where we're at this week with the with the skinny fairways and the really thick rough so the overhead views look a lot more like what you imagine uh an American golf course looks like so it just it's different but i i love i love love the idea of you can the players had to on this golf course have to think about what's if they hit it 300 yards, what's 310 yards away? Like, what can you run into on this golf course? Because everything is so firm, and everything is how I saw it. It was kind of running away from the middle of the fairway, so you could find these sand areas when you really didn't hit a bad shot. So it it just brought in it brought in a different dynamic, an extra dynamic that that maybe a golf course that is that is more what you imagine uh, an American golf course looking like doesn't have. So yeah, I think you are right. <clears throat> there were times where it wasn't nearly as visually appeal- appealing as what it will be this week, um, just given the shoreline and and the style of golf. But I wasn't. I,
0: I wasn't... Just made me think about like Trinity Forest and Chambers Bay, and how it just doesn't it doesn't seem to work out as well as we want it to for American golf when we try to put our best players on some of our new designs and it'll be interesting because whistling is kind of a little bit of both this fall. And obviously we've been there several times and it's a proven venue, but how will that play in the Ryder cup? How will that look on TV? Obviously the lake is there. So they will be able to find some beautiful views and stuff, but there's no trees except for that, you know, patch between the two nines. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, if they're limiting themselves in, in terms of the venues they're selecting based on how they're going to look on TV, I get it because there is a clear distinction between how Olympic club looked on TV and then how Congaree looked. And of course, throw Torrey pines in there, as you mentioned, because it's going to look totally different from what we saw on TV last week. Okay. Should we get into the,
1: yeah, I got to quickly, I, uh, I got a shout out. My buddy sent me a, uh- Dallas sent me a screenshot at 645 on Sunday night of, of a ticket of of Higo at what was it 45 to one I think so I was like hey maybe next time you no,
0: well sh- no he picked that no, I saw the 28. date on that it, was, it had a June 11th date on it oh
1: it was a it was a day of
0: it was a Friday
1: oh so he still got a couple days early I was like maybe send that or maybe text that to me before he wins next time
0: I just mean I don't think it was 45
1: no it wasn't it was it was like 24 now that I'm
0: that's probably about right. Cal- you know? Calculating. But still mean. good. I had to say I know somebody who grabbed it at 13 part of the way through the day on Sunday. Wow. When I was sitting there thinking about grabbing DJ at plus 650 like an idiot. <laughs> well. But. Well, congratulations to Dallas. I'm glad somebody won <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Somebody's got to win.
0: All right. Let's get ready for some winners this week. Tory Pines. San Diego, La Jolla, California. It's on the ocean, like north of the city, public golf course. There's 36 holes there. We're only going to play the South, which is significantly harder than the North, even though they've tried to bring the North a little bit up to speed here in these past handful of years. If you guys pay close attention to the farmers, insurance open which is a tournament in the fall swing every year on the pj tour and one of the bigger ones won by patrick reed uh earlier this season by five strokes um they play one of their two first days on the other course because it's a larger field size and they're trying to get the players through the tournament etc etc it's in the fall um they will not be doing that At the U.S. Open, they're just going to play the South, uh, which is good. That's the way that it should be. So the scores, as a result of that, already will be less under par than they are at the Farmers, talking like two strokes probably because it's, you know, the North course is at least that much easier than the South, and I'm sure I could pull those numbers and actually look at it, but just off the top of my head, that's probably about the stroke differential, Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, obviously, it's going to be a different setup The USGA is going to narrow the fairways, grow out the roughs. Apparently, there has been some discussion about having the rough be longer, nearer to the green and then cut it shorter back away from the green. The USGA seems confounded about how to keep their championship from being exclusively bomb and gouge which they've largely turned it into by narrowing the fairways too much and making it a larger advantage to play from the rough closer to the green than farther away from the fairway. So essentially you're just saying, here you go to the 10% of longest hitters in the field. You know, this championship is for you. I don't think they're going to be, I don't see how, they stop that from happening again. Now, granted, there are always counter examples, and shorter hitters are not disqualified from being in contention on this golf course. It's seventy five hundred yards. They're going to play it as a par seventy one because they changed six to a four from a par five. But that's not a long, that's not a long hole, really, even for a par four necessarily, because you're cutting off a lot of that dog leg before you play into the green. Um, I just think. It's hard. The USGA is in a bit of a tight spot here where this golf course already sets up for bombers. You hit your driver out here pretty much on every par four and par five. There's not really forced layups. There are not really dog legs. This is just big boy golf. Hit your driver a lot. And the guys who hit their driver the best they're going to have the best chances to win. Now, the, one of the defenses that the USGA, USGA will employ here will be really fast, firm greens because they're going to try to get the balls coming into the green from out of the rough, not to stay. But <laughs> Brooks, Bryson, Rom, you know, I feel pretty good about these guys getting the ball on the green with sand wedges and gap wedges regardless of Uh, how bad the rough is. Now I can tell you having played a tour, the rough gets nasty. So the, if you're looking from a gambling perspective, you can only, there's only really only two options here. In my opinion, one is you, and you have to be great with the driver in one of two ways. One, you just hit the living guts out of it. Like you just mash the ball. You're one of the longest players on tour. You're relatively straight. Your Bryson's approach at the last U.S. Open. I'm just going to advance it as far as I can, as close to the green as possible, and then I'll see what happens from there. I think that is a strategy this week because if the fairways are super, super narrow. The other strategy is a guy who just literally hits every fairway. Dong, 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 over and over and over and over again. You know, hopefully maybe like a Neiman or a Kokrak type guys who... Hit it great, flush, really good ball strikers, and are straight, straight, straight. Ryan Palmer, this guy gains tons of strokes with his driver because he has above average length and he hits it straight as an arrow. Even though he hits a hook, I don't know how he does it. But so those are the kind of the players. Like if you're far away from the green and in the rough at Torrey, you're dead. You're not gonna shoot under par out here. Like, you have to either bomb it or gain a lot of fairways, period. If you're hitting long clubs into the greens from out of the rough, you just straight up, you will not make birdies. It's just the pins are too hard to get to. The greens are too difficult to putt. This bumpy Poe Anna, like, you're just not going to make a lot of birdies. That's not a winning formula here. So, really, you have to look at guys who are great with their driver Either gaining fairways or hitting it a mile. So, and then I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna heavily look at history. I know this is this is a different setup than how we play for the farmers, but there are guys that play well here every time. They come here every year. They play well every year, and they just—it's just a good setup for them. And I don't think that the USGA. Like, I mean, as golfer, you you get it. Like you go, you show up and it's like, oh, I play great here every time. And you're like, oh, yeah, but this, they set it up kind of different. The greens are faster. The fairways are narrower. You're not going to say, oh, geez. You're going to say, yeah, that's okay with me. That just gives me even more of an advantage over the rest of the field now. Yeah. Because exactly. I love it here. I always hit fairways here. I hit greens here. I know how to get it up and down. I like putting these greens, whatever the case may be. So I actually think oh, history is really going to bear out. Really well. The tricky part is that you have guys, it's a West Coast event, they don't really play here very often. Guys like Brooks, JT, DJ. These are wild cards because we have all the history from Rom, Xander, Reed, Finao, all the guys that I like this week, but we don't have history from some of these other guys. And so it's going to be really interesting to say see how their games play here. But I would tell you. Just right off the top, this is a big boy golf course. It's about your long clubs in your bag, particularly your driver. You're never going to see anybody succeed here who doesn't either hit it very straight or very far. And I think that's perfectly evidenced by the playoff that we had last time. We had Tiger bombing gouging it and we had Rocco playing the firmness of the fairways, very, very straight off the tee. So again, that's kind of the that's the formula, I think, that we have to look at here.
1: Has anybody in the history of, of sports ever made his moment last longer than Rocco Media? <laughs> I just saw I just saw a new special on the Golf Channel last night, a new one, like a 2021 special. What are we? How many years? What
0: like what is yeah, you're gonna hear? You're gonna hear him on like interviews on radio this week and stuff too because he's he's gonna be making the rounds again. And everybody's gonna want to <laughs> talk to him again about the golf course in that week. What an that was pretty special though. It was it, it, an all time tournament. I don't know. I went back and watched part of it this week, and I was getting the kick out of it. I mean, the way that those two were interacting, Johnny Miller. Gosh, I I never thought I'd say this, but I miss Johnny Miller. Tiger hits his third into the 18th on Sunday. You know, he's got that like 10 footer down the hill, and Johnny Miller says, "Don't check out of your hotel yet, Rocco."
1: <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Yeah. And that's like that's oh. ab- absolutely no slight against Rocco. It's almost like a little bit of respect to him. Like you've managed to like really keep this moment alive for
0: and just another like think about that in in terms of today there's no player about whom we would say that who had 10 feet left to force an 18 hole playoff in the US Open where you would say it's a gimme no maybe Spieth <laughs> he's the closest though there's nobody else not Brooks not DJ none of them not even Rom Tiger was so unique in how great of a putter he was Nope. Never been a putter. Never been a better putter who ball struck it that good. No. Never. Never will be again, probably.
1: No. No, he was... Uh...
0: You're not typically that good all the way through your bag. No, certainly not. Um. So, oh, the other thing that's cool about Torrey that should be mentioned is that it's public. So, you can go play there. In fact, California residents play pretty cheap there. So, I think this will have a lot of the same vibe as Harding Parks PGA from last year, where... Like this city and the state will really embrace it. And it is really cool to play a U.S. Open at a public venue, like we do when we go play Beth Page and stuff like that. So, um,
1: a California resident to play there on the weekday, it costs $62 to play yeah. at a U.S. Open venue. And on the weekday, it's $85. And if you want to, if you're from outside of, I'm not sure if it's California residents or like the county residents, but if you're outside of the residence area, it's only, uh, $225 during the weekend, I think. So like those rates are, I mean, that is, that is what, um, I saw some stat. I want to say it's like 90% of golf played in the United States is played on, on munis. So to, to actually to play our U S open our, uh, our golf championship on a municipal golf course is awesome. I mean that's how, that's how golf should be played.
0: I love it. And like, it has a public course, feel to it too, when you're there, Mm -hmm. because you drive off a, there's a chain link fence separating the property from like a six lane highway going by. There's a a hospital right off the property in the OB left on number 10. So like, it's, I think it's a hospital, maybe it's a hotel. Um, (laughs) But like, you're, you're like, you know, it, it's not, this is not a hoity-toity golf course by any stretch of the imagination. It just happens to be an incredible piece of property. They use the property beautifully um, in terms of laying out the holes. And it's big boy golf. It's seventy-five hundred, so it stands the test of time, and you can hold uh, uh, major major championships here. So I, I'm really excited. I absolutely love this golf course. I think it's one of the better golf courses I've ever played. It's a drivers paradise. It's even better if you hit a cut off the tee. Um <clears throat> so really, I've I've played here like three or four times and I just love it and I can't wait to watch. Um should we get to the betting board?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All
0: right, so I'll I'll try to quickly give you guys everybody who's let's we'll see how far I get. I'm going to shoot for everybody hundred and under, but we'll start at the top. Ram is a heavy favorite at 10 to 1. Bryson, DJ and Xander Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. Just waiting for somebody to explain this to me. 14 to 1. Brooks and Spieth, 18 to 1. Okay, so let me repeat that. Xander's 14. Brooks is 18. Interesting. Cantley, Fino, Rory, Rory McElroy, and Tony Final by the same number. 20 to 1. I think there's been a lot of support behind Finao, and that number keeps coming down. Reed and JT at twenty-two. Boy, if you bet Reed early, good for you because you could have gotten a lot better numbers. He has incredible history here, and it's going to take a lot of support this week, probably. Morikawa, 25 to 1. Hovland right behind him at 28. And then we start to get into more of the medium and long shots here with Hatton, Gooey, and Scheffler, 33 to 1. Answer Casey Lowry, 40 to 1. We were talking about Lowry last week at being 66. So he's taken a lot of. Support. Same with Scheffler, who I do like this week, has come all the way down to 33 from a much, much higher number. So if you got those early, good for you. Hideki is 40 to 1. Explain that. Fitz and Zalator is 45. Burger English, Kokrak, and Webb Simpson are 50. I'll just go through some notables here so I don't go too long. Rose, who won here in, at the Farmers in 2019, is 60 to 1. Gary Woodland is 66. Joaquin Neiman, 70. Leishman, a former winner here, 80 to one. Max Homa, California kid, good Poa Anna putter, 90 to one. And then Burns, Sergio, Poulter, Streelman, Matt Wallace, and oh how the mighty have fallen. Sung <laughs> Jae in round out the hundred to ones. Uh, there. So that's a quick look at your betting board. Anybody did you see anybody right away that you loved or are you carrying any early bets into the week, Hunter?
1: Uh I do have uh I do have a few. Um I have uh I have just started to look this this morning to I'm sure I will add uh, several several finishing positions. Um I'm a sucker and I don't know at what point we're going to start this episode because i mentioned it in right when we started recording but i am back on justin thomas this week um, i know his form is not good he's doesn't play much over here everything points to him not having a good week but what is what is keeping me alive is the thought that like nobody can putt on these greens so if nobody can putt it's a good thing that Justin can't putt, so maybe like just nobody's gonna make putts, and his ball striking will really reign supreme. Um, and the fact that I know he has not been playing well, but to have Justin Thomas in a major at twenty four to one, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't not bet it. I don't know why he he has higher odds than Finau, Tony Finau, and that's nothing against Tony Finau because my next pick is Tony Finau to top twenty at uh top 20 top top 20 is even money so uh I and I like Fino because he is seven for seven at the farmers I know we mentioned it the the course setup is different he has nothing worse than a, a 24th place finish so it's it's hard it's hard not to like Tony but his odds are lower than JT so I'm using him as a a reason to bet JT at 24 I
0: moved I did a I did a similar thing um and that I I, I love I, I mean I love fino this week how can I not it's you're gonna not hear to. so much about Tony fino because of the incredible history at the farmers and like Hunter said this is not a golf course where you're gonna win with your putter probably you're just gonna have to survive with your putter and so it does set up for the quote-unquote team no-putt in a lot of ways this week because those Poa Anna are really, really bumpy, um, as you all probably remember from back, way back when the tire beat Rocco here. I mean, even that putty hit on 18 late in the day, that ball was bouncing the whole way down. He talked about how he had to read it differently because he knew the ball would bounce so much that when the ball is not on the ground, it's not breaking. So it played a lot straighter. He knew that it would play sh- straighter than <clears> – <throat> A typical read so i do like california um <clears throat> that goes against the justin thomas thing because he's you know poe is not going to be a good surface for him i'm sure if you look at the statistics because he hasn't spent a lot of time on it in his career and he's not a good putter anyway so the hope there is that uh he like hunter said he he ball strikes it he gains four or five strokes teeing green and you know if he loses one or whatever, or two only on the, on the greens, then he's still up there in contention. My early picks coming into the week were Daman 250 to one Palmer 200 to one has amazing history here. Um, I also like him for finishing position bets. Homa. I got at 80 kicking myself and woodland 66 i kind of jumped early on those numbers i should have waited home is back to 90 um but i do like i really like that home bet. and then i told you guys last week i picked up the can at 28 before he won memorial so those were the guys i carried into early in the week and then i've added players who i've felt have unjustly drifted um and chief among those is Justin Thomas, because that number, I'm sorry, but if you give me that number in a major championship, I don't care if it's in California or Timbuktu or whatever. <laughs> I firmly believe he is the best American player in the game of golf. I think he will continue to prove that here over the next half dozen years or so. And I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if he wins at Tory Pines when nobody sees it coming. Because we're all locked in on uh, Rom and Brooks and Xander, which you're going to hear so much about Rom and Xander and Brooks coming into the week this week. So you are getting JT under the radar and at a higher number. The drift there, the last time we bought the drift on JT was at the Players' Championship. He was 20 to 1. And we all looked at that board and said, I don't care that he's been suspended by the tour and all this stuff has happened. 20 to one is just too good to pass up. And I had the same reaction that Hunter had when I looked at this board, which is I'm not going to not pick up the 22 to one. So I added that. I added Rory at 20. He just won quail hollow. You want to talk about poor form. It Justin Thomas still hitting a good. He can't putt. Rory has kind of been up and down with the driver the irons are a little iffy, maybe. Look, Rory plays this golf course well every, pretty much every time he plays here. He just kind of hangs around. I don't think he's. If he won this event, it was more than maybe four or five years ago. I only looked kind of at the more recent history because I think he can fall into traps looking too far back. Um, but like he doesn't. He doesn't seem to play. Poorly here, and that makes sense given how important the driver is, and that that's the best club in his bag. Again, twenty to one. Xander's fourteen. Chantley and Finau are twenty. You're talking about one of the best three players in the world, probably in Rory McIlroy. So I don't like. I'm just not gonna. Am not gonna scroll past the twenty? I, I, I have to click that, and then the other two that I thought have drifted. Unfairly, Hideki has spotty history here, but we talked about after the Masters. I would not be surprised at all to see him go on a bit of a run. So I added him at forty. Uh, and why is Siwoo... Seewu? I just no respect.
1: Well, right. He's I 100? mean, at some point, it's got to be rightfully so. Like the, the the respect has to be earned at some point.
0: Okay. Well, did you want him to play better at the PGA Championship?
1: I want. Doesn't seem like he cash my tick as a wolf kid, that's all I'm saying. Doesn't seem like make tickets gets cashed from sea You
0: won a tournament, and you already won a tournament this year.
1: Were you on him?
0: No, it was in the fall. <laughs> we didn't have a podcast yet, Hunter. I, you, hey, look. Hey, you <laughs> yeah. ignore Siwoo at your own risk. I'm just <laughs> telling you, 150. This is the by the drift section, okay? This is called by the drift. The drift <laughs> happened. To Rory, JT, Decky, and Seewoo. (laughs) Seewoo was 66-1 to to win the PGA. Just because it was a Pete Dye? Like, I'm sorry, but he hits his driver amazing, long and straight. He's a great iron player, and you don't have to scramble or putt here unless you're Patrick Reed, who's found his own way to win on this golf course. So... Those are my buy the drift picks, and then I'll get into my finishing positions and my best bets. But I feel like I've been talking too <laughs> long. So I, yeah,
1: I will. Um, let me just you you bet Max uh, outright at whatever you, I think you said. You say eighty to one. I I found him at uh, plus two hundred to top thirty. Uh, <clears throat> I do like that number, and I also have. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, I actually I really like just given the fact you've you've said everything um, everything positive about why we think he'll have success this week and then a name we plus have plus two
0: hundred to top 30 i'm gonna add that
1: yeah no I, I uh big fan of it um a name that we have not mentioned yet this week um who always finds itself at the top of the leaderboard i've, I've been talking about him for months now is victor hovland uh he is even money to top 20 um he just finished uh t second in the uh in the spring at the farmers and the farmers uh championship, so I expect him to play well. He always seems to i mean he is he is about as consistent as it comes always seems to find himself uh in the mix come sunday one more name that I have been off now for for at least two months I think is somebody that fits uh, the latter description of who you think wins this golf tournament, and that is somebody that hits it very, very straight consistently, and that is Brian Harmon. I have him at plus 210 to top 30. So I don't need him to win. I just need him to beat uh, 126 other players in the field. That's all. It's
0: a long golf course for Brian Harmon. Long
1: golf course, but he's going to be hitting his hybrids very well this week. I got to get to
0: uh, he won't be the first shortish guy to play well here. So the firmness of the golf course will help the shorter hitters, provided they can hit it straight. But as soon as your ball goes into the rough, you're basically
1: yeah. No, I mean, then that's that's where, and that's where I, I really I, I like finishing positions because I don't obviously I don't I don't I don't even like Brian Harmon is so far off my radar to ever win this golf tournament, but I do think he can hang around and and hit it straight enough over four days to at least post post some decent numbers over the four days
0: all right i'm 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 with you big time on the uh can you hear that
1: i i can hear you yeah i can't
0: hear dorothy cry
1: no
0: okay good to know
1: no i can't actually
0: okay good to know I do have child care here for anybody that's listening. I, she's not next. Okay. We, we we were, we were practicing our putting this morning before we started. I just got a new putter. It's a little heavy for her, but she's, she's a good seaball hit ball. That's what we're teaching. Um, you're teaching her. <laughs> I'm a great teacher, Hunter. Those who can't do teach.
1: <laughs> that's, um,
0: that's the old saying. all right. So I got through the, buy the drift, all my crazy picks. I've mentioned Reed and now a bunch. I don't have outright tickets because I think they're a little overvalued. I do worry a little bit about Reed here with the harder setup and the he's just not that straight, consistent. He gains a lot of strokes around the green. I don't know exactly how that formula plays well here, but I'm not going to doubt it because he plays well here every time. And he just won. So you're going to hear a lot about Reed, and I think it's for good reason. He's even money to top 20. I'm on that. I'm also on Rory minus 110 to top 20. Neiman, the forgotten man, 17 for 18 cuts made this year. Just so happens that his most recent tournament was a missed cut. I love it when that happens because it just gives us a little bit better number. He is even money to finish in the top 40. I think his driving and ball striking will be perfect here. You he want to chip too much. Uh, and he's actually been putting really well over the past month or so. I love your home of plus 200 to top 30. I think that's awesome. And then my boy, Ryan Palmer, I know you're sour on him because he missed the cut at his home course at Colonial. but
1: No, no, he didn't miss the cut. He finished, uh, he finished in like 34th place. Thirty first place need to be top. 30. He
0: didn't top thirty for you, sorry. Correct. So I'm going to drop that down a little bit and just ask him to top forty. And that's plus one sixty three, and that is my best bet of the week. He is a horse for course. The setup here is not going to bother him. He's long. He's strong. He can get it out of the rough. I just feel like he gets here. He's comfortable. He's in good enough form. That I love the plus plus one sixty three for Ryan Palmer to top forty. My second favorite is the read to top twenty at minus one ten. So I'm a little heavier on those ones uh, than I am on the on the rest. Uh, and those are my finishing position today. I will tell you quickly because I think this is worthwhile. If you guys are a lot of people play DraftKings on a week like this, Hunter doesn't play, but I. I, my betting strategy is complementary of my DraftKings strategy. If that makes sense, I won't, I'll try to, if some players are too expensive or overvalued in the betting market, I will look at DraftKings as a way to get some, uh, some shares on those players. So like I'm playing Rom a ton in DraftKings. You haven't heard me mention him. I'm not betting 10 to one, but I do think he has the best chance of anyone in the field to win. And I will be playing him in DraftKings with five other guys, partly because I think there's a great value on the DraftKings board. And I'll just quickly mention that prices, I love the prices on JT, Cantley, Morikawa, and particularly Reed and Finau. So I'll be starting a lot of my lineups, Ram, Reed, Finau. And then I'm also playing Palmer, who I mentioned, Neiman, Kokrak I love I haven't found a finishing position number that's good enough but I do love the DraftKings play Leishman uh, Lowry these all these guys are all in the mid-70s and are great value I also like Steel as a bomb 6,500 and then a few other guys who might pop here Taylor Gooch tied for third at the Farmers in 2019 arguably the best form of his career I, I, I think he could pop here um, and might be a good DraftKings play. And then Pat, Patrick Rogers, who bookmakers have already reacted to him because he does have good success at Farmers. He's a California guy. He's probably one of the few dudes that is comfortable on Poa Anna in this field, and he's good with his driver. So, it, you know, if you're really digging deep, the betting markets, like I said, have reacted. I think he was only plus 188 to top 40, which just wasn't quite good enough for me. It is, a, It is a... Uh, high risk play he's a volatile player but you see him top 20 here this week you, you shouldn't be too surprised so those are a couple guys that are maybe more for a DraftKings strategy where you can uh pop them in for a share or two if you're playing five or six lineups and that way you're not too overexposed
1: oh yeah i, I do not play all, all good info i do not play DraftKings. i got enough vices i don't need another vice it's
0: the last thing i need
1: I, I like. Uh... Yeah, I
0: get it. I'm not encouraging you to play necessarily. <clears throat> it's very hard to win, but it's really fun. Majors. If you're, ju- I will say, if you're just waiting in or you're playing for the first time, look for contests that are called either limited entry or single entry. So the issue on the DraftKings platform, not to get too far into this, is that guys, if there's no limit on lineups, they'll enter 150 lineups, 200, line- whatever, into the same contest.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost any more. To these enter.
0: guys are covering all the bases with their lineups. So they, and they're professionals at this, but in the single entries or the three entry max, they can only put in as many lineups as you can. It doesn't matter that they have huge bank rolls or whatever. So if you're just starting, those are the ones you should play and you can even play double ups. Or if you finish in the top half of the field, you can you double your money bottom half loses. So it's kind of like a finishing position bet. So, Anyway, if you're going to wade into that pool, those are the good lineups to start. And then when you're done on Sunday, make sure you go in and you don't just look, at I win, did I not win? Look at the winning lineups in the contest that you were in. Study those lineups. See how the points were accumulated. See what winning lineups look like. And that will help educate you as you move forward through the rest of the summer.
1: Awesome. Very, very insightful information regarding DraftKings from, from our DraftKings expert.
0: Let's go, Ryan Palmer. Yeah, yeah. uh, I need to shake off all the bad juju that's running through my bet and blood.
1: I'd love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're struggling right now. This has been a tough. I uh, just
0: there's one thing that is a certainty this week. It's the JT Poston is going to contend. You didn't bet him. Yeah, I didn't bet him, and I (sighs) bet him last week. He makes zero sense for this golf course, and that's typically when he plays well. And I think he still has the good vibes. I don't know why he played bad at Congaree, but.
1: Did you see that uh, that video of, of uh, that must have been Friday afternoon at Congaree, and they got one of those freak summer rainstorms, and his caddy forgot to pack his umbrella and rain stuff. It was probably about a 10-minute storm, but it was an absolute torrential downpour. And he was soaked. <laughs> I mean, they were laughing about. It. I think they're pretty good buddies. Uh, his his caddy has a a pretty big following on Twitter, and it seems like kind of like the people's caddy. But uh, that was, it was pretty funny to see just how wet he got in such a short period of time.
0: Speaking of things that happened this week, funny things, and then I'll leave you with a couple interesting uh, statistics before we close out. Um, you ever gotten in a fight in a golf tournament?
1: Thank God you brought this up. <laughs> I, no, I have not. I have not. No, I've never even come remotely close to anything. I'm not even sure I've ever like said a said a sour word to my player like my, to my okay. Playing so you partners. you
0: played in it you played in a different era <laughs> yeah. than I did because there was a lot of trash talk going on. There was a lot of It was kind of clicky, like certain guys stuck together. Other guys were kind of ostracized. It was terrible. It was like borderline bullying. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there were some times where I had some moments on the golf course where that was like a little dicey for a minute in tournament play. This is when I was a kid, a junior, obviously. Well, that apparently stayed with a couple of one person in particular, I should say who in a corn fairy tour Monday qualifier with his dad on the bag assaulted a playing competitor over an issue of looking for lost balls to the point that the pro shop and the tour had to come out and break up the fight And the gentleman who was assaulted pressed charges, then played the rest of his round with a corn fairy representative walking with him so that he could score his round interrupted briefly by, I believe it was the state police who had to come out to the golf course and get his statement. (laughs) If you haven't read this story, maybe Hunter can share it on Twitter or something, but this is just, I I said to him, this is, this is like the golf's version of like the Ricky Bobby. This is a Will Ferrell movie. It's like a Kenny powers trying to Monday qualify. And this dude gets in a fight on the golf. It's just the kind of stuff that you're like, wait, what? Just wild, wild. And, and so fine. The guy's dad, the guy's dad, you got to read the story. So the first people who went in to break up the fight, the dad Caddy waved his son's putter at them to keep them back because they were going to, you know, essentially work it out like men or whatever.
1: <laughs> when I when I saw this story, my eyes lit up like Christmas trees. I was like, and if talk about like now you can tell that we're in a golf podcast because I I see the story. I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be great content for tomorrow, for tomorrow's podcast because we have somebody that he plays. This kid plays college golf. I believe his name. I wish I could find his name right now. I believe it's something Smith because I know the dad's name is Oliver Smith, and Oliver Smith is like a is a uh, a president of like a very large <laughs> banking company in in uh wherever they're from. I don't want to say it's Kansas area.
0: You and mean he was?
1: I, you, you would like to think that that we could probably put that in past tense after after his. I I don't know, Peter. I you talk about you talk about pressure. You talk about Monday Monday on the Corn Ferry is packed full of pressure, and sometimes sometimes the pressure just gets a little much. I guess
0: um well it's funny it's like you read the whole story and
1: i will i like, will uh I will they make were sure to playing the
0: bad i think some of us have been in a similar you know when you're in group it's just like your group has like a disease that day and you're just like wow we are all feeding off each other in exactly the wrong way well apparently that's how things were going for this group right out of the gate they'd been put on the, they'd been warned about their time etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> and this poor kid pole hooks it I think it was a par three. It was, yeah. And like one guy is looking, and then goes and he's off on the next hole. And then these other jabronies, the get, the player and the dad caddy are refusing to help find the ball. And as soon as the guy says, "You know, we might play faster if you guys help me look," it was just like closed fists started flying, and all on the all on the one the one guy's behalf it sounds like it was kind of an attack so it, it was
1: it, uh the guy that got assaulted turned away to like, to like walk away and this this little shithead kid came up and like tackled him from behind <laughs> like, and the dad was standing in front of it with a putter like wielding the putter if anybody came yeah. in any closer
0: exactly like a sword <laughs> and then, he's like chichi rodriguezing them away
1: you know insane <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable and i will and we'll make one more comment that um because the wichita the wichita monday qualifier for the corn Ferry tour was was something special yesterday because we had a they had to remove a guy off the golf course after he shot a front nine 56 in the qualifier and little did, i didn't know because i had to do some research after seeing this that if you consider if you turn pro um Make yourself pro status. You do not have to have any qualifications to, except for a four hundred and fifty dollar check, to play in a corn Ferry Monday qualifier. So that guy, I wish he had one of the most awful swings. I don't know, and and I think I think uh, a, a sixty five got into a playoff for the fifth spot. So he was not he was not safe nine shots unless away. he was going
0: to go through the Hey, Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Technically, they should have let him hit one more shot. They should, yeah, because no. if he had aced every hole on the back, he would have been in the playoff.
1: Yeah, he might be coming for you. Might 56,
0: sue him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but 56 plus nine equals 65. <laughs> that, that, that is. I so shot a back nine <laughs> nine just to sneak into the playoff. Yeah. So
1: I mean, <laughs> well, event-filled weekend in, or hope. event-filled day in Wichita, Kansas.
0: Maybe the tour will get creative and they'll think, "Huh, maybe there's something to this. What would it look like?" if we gave Brooks and Bryson a three hole golf course and gave them headgear, and open mic and just said, you guys decide how you want to work out the next 45 minutes or whatever, playing these three holes together and see if maybe they can't come to fist of cuffs.
1: Speaking of them, uh, are you, are you for the USGA pairing them Thursday and Friday? Are you, uh, are you against it? Are you pretty neutral?
0: No, I think it's gimmicky. I think they should just follow whatever their regular protocol is and do their groupings as they normally would. We don't need this to be a spectacle. I don't want them I don't want that story to be the lead this week. I want the golf to be the lead that should be a secondary story. We're going to get plenty of coverage from that from their pressers and that kind of thing. I don't need these two idiots playing together too on top of everything else.
1: Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I would be if, if they did get paired together by the u s like the u s j went out of their way to pair them together and if I was Bryson or Brooks, I'd be I'd be pissed six ways someday. I'd be so mad.
0: I just don't think that, that that just seems like you're doing something else other than running a golf tournament to me.
1: Yeah, you're thinking you're thinking I'm the best a little player too much about the game. entertainment
0: aspect. Yeah. Not as much about yeah. the golf. And we're gonna get the entertainment anyway. They're, they're good enough be players to play together. On the broadcast and on socials and blah, 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 So, so I use the word idiots loosely, obviously. They're probably both a lot smarter than I am because they're both on tour. And I, I'm doing a podcast with Hunter. But
1: Well, that seems like you just brought me into this.
0: I just don't want that to be. Yes, sir. I got to drag you down with me, dude. It's Misery Loves Company. I can, but, I, I,
1: I'm i I'm a man enough to admit that I think Bryson DeChambeau is probably smarter than I am. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But. Brooks, maybe too. I just say that I'm not, I didn't mean that they're an idiot. They're idiot. They're not idiots. So I apologize for my previous statement. The- what I meant to say is that they're more like, it's kind of like a clown show, like a sideshow. <laughs> it's not about their intellect.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't. They're like more like, like there's being goons. I guess it's like they're just. That's
0: the like, word. Like
1: big old brute goons. Like just go yeah, off. off. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Brooks is like at least Brooks, he's thinking about it in, in like a larger way. Yeah, I think he's a little more pragmatic about this where bryson is just reactionary and he's found himself in this thing and he's like wait what happened what do i do now (laughs) or brooks is just like kind of like you know pulling the strings a little bit i think it would definitely don't be surprised if brooks wins this week by the way
1: no not at all and i think if they did play together just by chance on on Saturday or sunday because they were close on the leaderboard i i think brooks would outplay bryson handily in the situation I don't, I don't Given the
0: psychological advantage he's oh, created over him. You mean, yes, yeah.
1: The well, what's like, I don't know. Did we ever, we talked about him being called Brooksy. And like, if you ever want a nickname, if you ever not, if you ever want a nickname to stop, the last thing you do is tell people that you don't like that nickname. Like, if you tell people, don't call me Brooksy, everyone's gonna call him Brooksy. So,
0: it, it, like, oh, did Brooks say that or Bryson? Bryson.
1: But, yeah. Well, yeah. when when he well, came, it is when, not
0: his name, Hunter.
1: Well, it is it is definitely not his name, but it's not like it's he's like calling him. A, they're not calling him a mean name or calling him names. They're just calling him. A, they're just call, they're just saying Brooks.
0: Well, it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good week from the fans' perspective because it's a good spectator golf course, and you know how I don't know. we're not in New York, so it's not going to be. Wild and out of control, but the crowds will be very engaged in the golf tournament. So, well, it's funny you you mentioned that.
1: What's the situation in California? Are they are we at full capacity for this bad boy? Oh,
0: wow, good point. I don't think I I know we are indoor. They're still living in the Stone Age over there because
1: I know that the the Staples Center has only been at half.
0: Whatever, you're probably right. What a damn shame, huh?
1: So so I don't necessarily I don't know what that. I'm sure, obviously, it's outdoors. It'll be more than what it is indoors i would hope but i I don't i can't imagine to be 100 percent in california i'd be shocked
0: yeah you're probably right you're probably right good point good point
1: but i still think there will be
0: lower crowds always help longer helps the long shots it's less of an advantage for premium players when the crowds aren't as big yeah yeah
1: so all right i guess we'll see good luck to uh good luck to all your picks and um, We will be back next week to talk about Michigan open and U S open r- review. And yeah,
0: so much golf to uh, consume here over the next week before next Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to it and hopefully Blyfield has a great event and uh, yeah, it should be a great weekend of golf.
1: Awesome. we will talk to you.
0: So I'm sorry, I forgot to go over these, but uh, I had promised you guys a couple of, of interesting uh, statistics. Talking about the Bombers and the USGA conundrum with the US Open and this championship and just the way that it's set up and obviously Bryce and the way that he played the golf course last year. Average rankings of the last five US Open winners that week, meaning Thursday through Sunday, two two statistical categories here. Driving accuracy, average rank of the five champions, 133rd. Driving distance, 6th. Really remarkable. Um, and then <laughs> to make matters worse, if you will, with the USGA turning Torrey Pines into a par 71 for the US Open, we mentioned converting that sixth hole uh, to a par four from a par five. It will now play as the longest course on tour at 178 yards per stroke, meaning per stroke to par. Over the 71 strokes that it would take to get to par, you're playing an average of 188 yard 107.8 yards per stroke making it the longest venue on tour. Just hard to deny how well this sets up for the long hitters on tour. And if you love Rom this week like I do, I think that gives you more, uh, it makes you even more bullish knowing that the field is going to be, and the winner is going to be taken from, you know, probably the 10 or 15 longest hitters in the event. That being said, there's always counterexamples, so... um and then lastly, just to, I know Tiger posted a video earlier this week. He's starting to feel better. Obviously, Torrey Pines makes us think about Tiger. It, it, this stood out to me that I saw from Justin Ray on Twitter. Entering the 08 U.S. Open at Torrey, here were the best go- scores to par in majors by players with 50-plus rounds played since 97. So 11, 111 players in that group. You would imagine those would be 111 of the better players they are playing in a lot of majors over the course of 11 years. Tiger Woods minus 125, so 125 under. Next closest, Ernie Els plus 73, Phil plus 74, Ogilvy plus 77. Just incredible, and hopefully they give us a few highlights along the way uh, this weekend, so we can have uh, some remembrances of Tiger. That is, if it does not come at the exception of um, uh, come at the cost of us seeing actual golf shots please at least do us that courtesy this week, if you will. All right, good luck, everybody.